0: We have a special speaker this morning. I'll introduce her in just a minute um, before I do that, a little shameless promo uh, for our uh, prayer conference coming up this Friday and Saturday, 29-30 of September. I invite all of you to be a part of that. We call it Everyone Gets to Pray. It's kind of funny, right? Not that funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, We did it last year. We had uh, about 150 people from 20 different churches. We're really inviting the region into the place where God has given us the gift to steward his presence and prayer. I think it's something that God's given us uh, as a church. So I invite you to come to that. There are posters out there. Um, There's uh, emails and uh, social media and so forth if you'd like to be a part of that. Cost us $50 for the two two days if uh, finances are... A burden or a challenge right now e- email me randy uh, underscore g at indie and we'll make sure that you can be here i think it's going to be awesome i spoke with all the speakers uh, in the last couple of weeks and um, we all cried at the end because god wants to do something here so it's great we invite you to that uh, margaret can i ask you to come forward you can clap even though you don't know her. <laughs> Um, uh, Margaret Kendall is a relatively new friend of mine um, through a mutual acquaintance, Bill and Cheryl Hanawalt, who were pastors at the Evanston Vineyard, um, who you have probably heard me talk about uh, over the last 21 years because they were a big part of our um, our formation um, in Evanston while I was at Trinity Seminary. Um, Adam was also there, though a little bit later than me. Um, I I met Margaret, and um, we were talking, and uh, I hope it's okay if I steal one of your lines, but um, Margaret has been ministering with Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong for about the last 35 years. It's a ministry, at the very least, um, to the poor, to drug addicts, to prostitutes, to pimps, to abandoned children, and uh, has seen a number of churches—I don't know how many— Planted and uh, people worshiping all over Hong Kong, probably in other places that we can't mention. Um, we were talking, and uh, Margaret said at dinner. She said um, about she's been there thirty-five years. Is that right? About three weeks in, you said um, I lost all heart. And she said um, I told the Lord I, I I lost my heart after three weeks, and the Lord said, "Okay, here's mine." And I did that and then I cried a little bit and got choked up and I said, would you like to speak to our church on Sunday? (laughs) She said, well, what do you think they would need to hear? And I said, tell them about the heart of Jesus because I think that's why we're here and we can take that. So I'd like to pray for Margaret and then release her. Why don't you stand and just as a sign of blessing and encouragement, reach out your hand. Thank you for uh, this gift of our new sister. Thank you for the blessing on her life, the blessing through her life. Holy Spirit, will you come and fill her and release through her the words of life. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning. All the light seems to be down there. (laughs) Yes, you did steal my lines, but that's all right. They can manage twice, I think. We're going to read from Luke's Gospel, if I can see it. (laughs) It's a well-known passage. I'm sure you've read it many times. When Jesus um, had been baptized and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power for the things that he was to do while he was in the flesh on the earth. You remember the passage And he went into the synagogue and took the scroll and read these words from it. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Well I've probably read that a million times, and every time I read it, it really touches my heart because it's the essence of why Jesus left his Father in heaven to come here. And live among us so we could touch him and see him and know him and feel him. And I just wonder what it would have been like that day in the synagogue. Straight after this passage it says that some of them were amazed and loved it. But a little bit after, many were angry and furious, it says in the NIV, and tried to kill him. And this is the nature, isn't it, of of proclaiming the kingdom, is that... There will be a clash between those who love it and those who are very mad about it, and that's the the time. These are the times that we live in, and the responses we get when we go in the name of Jesus and the power of the Spirit to proclaim good news to the poor. Um, in the early days when I went to Hong Kong, I um, I just thought I'd tell you a bunch of stories this morning. Um, I used to do the night shift in the red light. Do you have red light district here? It's called yellow light in Hong Kong. But anyway, same, same. So I used to do the the night shift, uh, which meant walking around the streets. Um, we were really basically praying um, for the area and hoping that we'd bump into people that the Lord had prepared, uh, which often happened. Anyway, uh, we were walking up the street and I I sort of sensed as we were walking that I should go into this building. It was quite dark and creepy and I'm a bit scared of rats. But anyway, I made it and I said to my small team, just wait here. If I don't come back in 10 minutes, come find me. Well, I was walking up the first flight of stairs and this man came down um, and pointed at me and said, you can help me. Well, I tell you, the building was all brothels. That will give you a little idea of the scene. So I thought, oh, OK. He said, come with me. So I went up a couple of floors with him. And it was a tiny, tiny brothel. There were no customers. And the girls were in a back room somewhere. And he he looked at me again. And he said, you can help me. And I thought, good night. What will I say? So I said, well, I don't think I can. But I know I have a friend who could. And he said, I'd like to meet him. I said, well, shut your eyes, and he'll come. So, like a lamb, and I had no idea what to do, as usual, you know, mostly you have no idea what to do. That's power for the course, you know. So I said, shut your eyes, and my friend will come. And uh, he, he closed his eyes, and... The Holy Spirit just really came upon him. He was glowing and I'd waited. Oh, the good thing, when you can't speak the local language, it's a real blessing because you don't talk too much. And I'm a talker. <laughs> and it's the same when you pray for people, you know. We tend to go, yeah, 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 and just wait a minute and see what Jesus did. Because I learned very quickly. You know, I come from a very, I don't know if you use these words, evangelical church in New Zealand. You know, we talk. And we go mind to mind. But actually, if you read the Gospels, it was never like that. It was God's Spirit through Jesus speaking to men's spirits. So I waited. And after his face began to glow for a while, I said to him, What's going on? And he said, Well, I saw a picture of a man in white. And I'm going, good night, that's something, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's always surprising. But people always see things when the Spirit of the Lord comes on them. There's a he or see or hear or sense or touch. There's all, he's a, he'll always reveal himself. I mean, I'm, I'm 120% sure of that because I've seen it so much. And he said, well, and I said, well, oh, oh, that's my friend. His name's Jesus. And he began to cry. I mean, and there's no customers coming in. And by now, my friend, 10 minutes later has appeared from the street. And um, so I said, it's Jesus, you know, and he gave a little spiel. And then I said, let's just see what else happens. I said he died for him, la la la, you know, the usual thing. And, and then I said, you know, after Jesus died, he rose from the dead. What do you think about that? He said, well, that's easy. He's here. (laughs) Evangelism 101, you know? Jesus is so much better at introducing himself than I am. And the Spirit of God is always saying, come. And he does. I mean, it's sort of pretty basic, but I'm always surprised Anyway, what do you do next? That's all very nice, you know. That's good news for the poor. But he's still in a brothel. So he opened his eyes and I looked over into the room, the waiting room, still no customers, and um, I saw a guitar in the corner. I thought, brothel? Guitar? So I, I know four guitar chords, OK? And I knew a few songs in Chinese that I could manage without the word, you know, without the doodar on the wall. So I began to sing that old vineyard song, Jesus, I love you, I bow down before you, in Chinese, and with my four chords, which you can get away with. And he said to me, he was weeping, and he said to me, give me the guitar. And it turns out he's a a (laughs) pretty good guitar player, and he was singing and singing the same song over and over again. And I thought, Jesus, what now? He's obviously a drug addict, by the way. And... um, no customers. And then he opened his eyes. I said, Sam, what now? He said, Jesus can help me. I said, I know. What should we do about that? Because, you know, I can't take men into my home. You'll find later I took ladies, but it's kind of a bit bit improper for me to have gangsters and pimps in my house. So I said, I'll I said I'll come back tomorrow and I felt really bad because he's met Jesus and he's going to go on in his job so I went back with a man the next day and we sang a couple more songs and we read about you know a gospel story and I'm going oh gosh what are we gonna do? so in the meantime I was praying the place would close down so I said I'll come back tomorrow and we'll make a plan see if he really was still wanting to come and stay at our place the men's place and um, when I went back the next day, the whole place was shut down. It was closed with police signs all around. I thought, oh, hallelujah. But I couldn't find him. He's gone. Eight months later, I got a call on my page. Margaret, can we meet Sam? Yeah, sure, but I was feeling very suspicious. So I arranged to meet him in a very public place and go and have tea with him. So we're going up the escalator out, of, you know, out onto the street. And I said, Sam, I think there's some... Someone following us, you know, when you know someone's following you. Well, I always know when someone's following me. And he said, Yeah, yeah, I brought a couple of people with me. I said, Well, tell them to come. So we went up to the tea house, and, and Sam said, well, He'd been in prison eight months, which is the minimum sentence for drug trafficking and basic brothel uh, offences. And he said, I brought them with me because I told them about Jesus, but I'm not sure I got it right. Could you just check, please? <laughs> so we, we checked. And he'd got it right. Well, the main bits, you know. They give them Bibles in prison, so maybe he read it. I didn't ask. So then o- over the t- tea table, I prayed for the two other men to be uh, filled with the power of the spirit. And, of course, they prayed in tongues, as Sam had done as well. And my question's always been, what is good news for the poor? And I'm pretty – I mean, you, you may be the exception, but I don't think meetings are very good news for the poor. I mean, you know, they're on the whole. I mean, the worship was lovely, Cara, where are you? Thank you. But you know, on the whole, they're not quite. Oh, I better be careful here. (laughs) But you know, what is good news if you read the gospels? Good news for the blind man is that he saw. Good news for the lame man was he picked up his pouch and wandered off walking. And you know, the annoying part of those stories is we don't know what happened next. We will one day, but this is good news for the poor. And as you do your food banks and your whatever you do that I've heard a little bit about, that's it. What's good news for them today here in, in, in Indy? Is that how you say it? And there's always good news for the poor, and Jesus is always welcoming them. Always, 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 always. I'm just looking down sure I don't spend all day on the same one one of my early prayers was um, well I had many you know but one of them was Jesus would you show me today what you're doing and it seems like a bible prayer because Jesus said he only ever did what the father was doing so I thought that would be an okay prayer and so I started each day with that so that wherever I went which was normally in the you know sordid places of town which were you know, pretty disturbing. Well, I mean, we saw a lot of miracles, but actually it was there were hard places with rats. And the other bad thing is cockroaches, because I found out they fly. I didn't know that in New Zealand, where I came from. But I said, Jesus, would you just show me what you're doing? Because I want to join in what you're doing. You know, I'm a good ideas person. You know, I have good ideas, which are often not good in the end but I really wanted to connect with the Holy Spirit so I could know what was who was waiting for Jesus that day, basically, and and um, see if he'd prepared people. Another verse that helped me at that time was 1 John 2.6, which says, those who claim to be in him, that's Jesus, should walk as Jesus did. And a lot of my walking as a believer had been... Those who claim to be in him must walk as Margaret walked, you know, have your good idea, do your own thing and pray that God will kind of put his hand on it. But I was trying to, I I knew that the Holy Spirit had been given to me, the power of the Spirit, or you might say the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to bring good news. And that meant to me that there must be some things I could know about or be led into that would reveal the heart of Jesus to those who were waiting. Most people don't know they're waiting for him, but they're waiting for something, and I believe it's him. Well, I was on another of my night walks. They went on for quite a few years, you know. It's sort of, that's the time to find people who are in that kind of work. And I'd seen them on the streets injecting. I'd seen them on the streets propositioning. It's just so heartbreaking, really. Anyway, there was another stairway on another night, and I went up. And the, it was a, a more sophisticated... Well, not very, but it had a bell. It wasn't just an open door. So I rang the bell. I mean, I've no idea why I do this stuff, you know. I mean, a foreign lady ringing the bell of a brothel. I mean, it is absurd, but I didn't think about that till later. And the man opened the door, and, and he said, Oh, the people you want are in that room. You see? You don't have to know what to do. I mean, anyone can do that: knock on a door, ring the bell, and someone say, "Go over there." So I, I, I in. I, I had someone with me. Don't do this stuff on your own. It's not real. Sing more, I was going to say not not. Uh, what's the English word? It's not very smart. <laughs> so I. This was this was a brothel. Um, are the children gone? No. This was. This was a brothel um, that was all in the dark because these ladies who I found in the back room were the old prostitutes who were also drug addicts, who were ugly. They had track marks everywhere. I mean, they were the the lowest of the low. And he he let me in. And I'm going, you know, I've got a bit of Chinese by now. What am I going to do? So I thought, okay. Somebody once told me if it moves, pray for it. So they could slightly move. So I began to pray for them. And I just put my hand on them, you know, and then I don't know what to say. Please, when you pray for people, it's good if you don't know what to say because then you won't say your own stuff. You'll say what you get from him. So one by one, I used to go back every night. Um, They came out to stay. Well, the problem is if you if they meet Jesus, what are you going to do? Stay in the brothel? Now, this is a problem. And it seemed to me that meeting Jesus and following him meant coming to stay at my house. Well, that was a shock. And that is not happy news for me, because I like my own room, my coffee, Everything, you know, like I've had at the Hannah this week. All the nice things that make life. Well, here I am. And at that time, the eight girls came out of the brothel, one by one, to come off drugs uh, and to find a new life. Now, it's very easy for us. We learn how to pray people off heroin in those days without any withdrawal symptoms, without any pain, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray in tongues, they pray in tongues, and hopefully we pray them to sleep for three days while the drugs come out of their bodies. And that's miraculous. It's it's the power of God. And that happens to almost everybody still today. So we did that, I did that mainly, with some friends to get them free of drugs. But then the problems start, because their problem's not drugs, Addictions are a problem of the heart, you see. And I also found out that I was an addict, which is a bit scary. Well, that's another day. But things that we do to replace the true desire of our hearts, which is Jesus. Every man who he created has an inbuilt desire to know the Lord through Jesus. And that's why people do these behaviours, is because... They missed the desire, the true desire, which is Jesus. So then, then the fun started. Oh, can you imagine? Eight sort of half-saved prostitutes who have just come off drugs. were are all women, all living together. I mean, you know, that's not nice picture. But they worshipped and they changed. And all my old discipleship methods did not work because they... Couldn't read much to start with. So we learned in the power of the Holy Spirit how lives were transformed day by day by day. And some of them ran away. You know how it goes. It wasn't all hee, hee, ha, ha, the miracle was great. It was how do, how do we walk with people to a place where they can manage on their own to walk? And so the, the problem I had faced was what do you do after the miracle? And people need people who will love them and sit up with them and cry with them. I did a lot of crying, I tell you. Anyway, a lot of wet floors. And it was kind of in the bef- little bit before that when what Randy said happened, I was sort of had people in my house, and it was, I don't think even stressful covers it. It was hard. And I sat on the floor one day and I said to Jesus, I'm always, you know, having little conversations with him, I said, I've run out of heart. I mean, it sounds terrible, doesn't it? I've run out of heart? And he, sat on, he came in and he sat on the floor beside me and he said, never mind. I'll give, I'll give you mine. And he did. And that was part of the promise um, of the coming of the Holy Spirit in Jeremiah and in Ezekiel, where it says, I'll put my heart in you. And I really got it that day, and everything changed. It wasn't that the circumstances changed, but my heart got bigger. And we're always praying for people with enlarged hearts with the heart of the Father to reach those who are poor. 2 Corinthians 4. There's a couple of real weird verses here. Um, Oh, look, I love the Bible, you know. There's always stuff there to... Help you at the minute you need it. And I actually believe, I know you all use phones, I'm still on the book, but I do believe that the answers to everything are somewhere there. And by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, we get to find where for that day. And this is another thing that I got along the way. It says, Gosh, it's really dark up here. Um, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. So the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, here it is, so then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. This is what I make of it. Because I came alive through the res- death and resurrection of Jesus, I got life now and Forever. So how come death is at work at me? At work in me? Well, I figured, I figured this, what, what it might mean for me, was that when I stayed up all night praying for people off drugs, I died to sleep and they got life. When the pimps came banging on the door and were not happy with the people I had in my house and I was afraid... But I went through the pain of that, and they got safety and life because of it. So we're, we're fully alive, but we're dying to stuff so that the people might receive life. And of course, that's the principle of the gospel, is it not? That's the way of the cross. That's the way of Jesus. Because when he died, he carried everything. Our sin, our brokenheartedness, our shame, our rejection our aloneness. It all went with him on the cross. And he came to life. And here we are this morning. I reckon nearly everyone knows the, the risen Jesus because of his death on the cross. And so we get the privilege of dying to some things so that others get the same life. And the world's waiting for this, People. We love the miracles. I love them. We have them nearly every day. I could go on for another hour but, or two. But who will walk with the poor and broken? Who will love them and sit with them so that the life that we've experienced through the resurrection Jesus becomes theirs? I think it's the call of today and, and the generation of people we're trying to meet. These are old stories. Nowadays, we have kids who are addicted to gaming and all that stuff. We pray them off their addiction to screens and things in the same way. Their, their withdrawal looks like this there's an empty space and there's a pillow and they go like this. But it's the same Jesus and it's the same problem and by the power of the Holy Spirit they are set free. In Acts, when the the disciples were busy doing miracles and testifying to Jesus, the comment that was made among the people was this. They're unskilled and unlearned, but they're basically turning the world upside down. And the people that we've met and have met Jesus and have been filled with the Holy Spirit are not educated. It's not to say education is bad, but... Paul also says, there are not many of us. Put your hand up if you've ever had a college degree. Nearly everybody. Okay, I've got news for you in 1 Corinthians 1. You don't have this verse, it's okay. This is what it says about us. I'm sort of half and half. Not many of you were wise by human standards, influence of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things to shame the wise, the weak things of the world, to shame the strong. Why? Because we have no other boast. And there are not going to be many of us there. It's going to be the poor of the world, and we have no other boast except Jesus. You know, if my ex-prostitutes don't have Jesus, they can't get up in the morning. You can go to work, on time mostly. Our drug addicts who are uneducated, can't give a talk because they can't read until we show them a bit. They have the power of the Holy Spirit and they lead people to the Lord. And that's why we go for the poor first. The rest will just kind of like us, will float in because we're jealous <laughs> of what Jesus has done. That's how people are saved. They see what Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, has done in the lives of the most broken and they, go, they also go, I'll have him. okay I'm done (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be good if we prayed now otherwise I'll be tempted to tell you story after story about a wonderful Jesus whose heart is for his lost world that he created and every person on the planet and I just wherever you are you know you can stay in India, but it's pretty I mean it's beautiful. I've had a lovely few days, but you know, it's not whether it's not whether what do you call it fun is. <laughs> you know, it's very nice. But there so few of you stay. But you know, in five years, Randy, if I ever come back, it would be really good if all these people were gone and that there was another lot here. <laughs> gone somewhere, you know. Down the road, across the country down the border, with good news. Please stand. Cheryl, can you? Just close your eyes for a minute, if you don't mind, if that's comfortable for you. just take a couple of minutes to invite Jesus by his spirit to speak to you in the places or show you the places that have been touched this morning.
2: We're just being quiet for a moment. So you can listen, (laughs) so you can listen for what he may be saying to you right now. Hmm. So many of you when you heard the words i just lost heart thought to yourself <laughs> i have actually seen jesus do amazing things i've even seen him do miracles some of you have others of you have said i i remember when he stirred hope in me i remember when he actually said you can do this thing or that thing And then you started doing it, and you started seeing him work. And then you lost heart. Because it's hard. Because it's hard. (laughs) So we, we sort of think there are quite a few people with that, so many so that we're not really gonna ask you to come down, but we are gonna ask if you wanna raise your hand and say, yeah, there are things I had real hope in. Things I saw you do, Jesus. Yeah. So just raise your heart if that your hand if that's I've lost heart. Because I care. I've lost heart because I tried it. Yeah. Just gonna be quiet for a minute now. You just say that to Jesus, okay? You just say that. I lost heart, Jesus.
1: So, would you pray the prayer then <clears throat> and ask Jesus to give you his? Just say it out quietly or in your heart. Okay. Give me your heart, Jesus. Give me a heart.
2: Yeah. So we, you know, we have the advantage of being able to be here and see things, and that's happening in front of us. And so, just watching as some of you are receiving right now. A real definite sense of a different, differentness in your heart. Yeah, just, we bless that. We just recognize that's from you. You know, and so, if it gets a, sometimes it, there's some emotion with it, and we're okay. It's okay. We're gonna, we're gonna be okay, because
1: It's powerful what Jesus is doing. (laughs) Yeah. And with this heart that he now gives you, you can spend your life wasted on him.
2: We're just going to continue this a little bit. Those of you that raised your hand, if you want to raise your hand again so that... Um, the people that are beside you, if there's someone beside you who's raised their hand, would you just lay your hand on them? We're going to pray for them, but you're not going to talk. <laughs> We're not going to say anything right now. We're just going to lay our hands on those that have raised their hands. And those on the ministry team, if you can kind of walk around the room, you know, unless you've raised your hand and then you receive, okay? Okay. So it's, yeah, everyone who's raised their hand, someone has a hand on them right now. Let us hear your voice, Jesus. Let us see your heart, your, your path, your power. Let us be able to recognize that. Um, uh, we need some real... Binding up where we've gotten really shattered, shredded, shredded by trying to live out our heart and care for others. It shredded us, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So bind us up. Bind us up. So those of you that have your hand on someone, can can you just see, even without your words, how the power of his sweet spirit is really on this person? So why don't you just bless it? We bless, you yeah, know, you can say that out loud. We bless this Jesus. We bless what you're doing in this person. Yeah. And I don't mean to be making you timid. I just want us to give the spirit a chance to speak to this person. If you have one sentence, only a sentence, (laughs) if you can kind of if you have one sentence of what you think Jesus may be saying to that person, why don't you speak that to them and ask them, then does that line up with what you're hearing? Does that make sense? Yeah. Just trying to keep it down in words. You know, so. Where's Kara? Where's Kara? (laughs) Ah, Kara. (laughs) So can I just pray for you before you you? Yeah, so I'm just gonna do this with Kara. I'm gonna say bless. I bless your spirit. I bless the heart you're giving. The hope you're reinstilling. That's my sentence. I I think I'm hearing that he's instilling hope again. Does that line up with what you're hearing, Kara? Yeah, okay. Can I just bless that? This is how we pray for each other, yeah. We're just going to keep praying for each other, and um, if there are those of you that kind of want to wander down to the front, (laughs) just, um, you know, Jesus, I'm still with this. You can do that, and um, we'll just continue laying hands on you, but if that, you can just stay where you are, Andy. Okay. You can also just stay where you are. Actually, not let's just do that. Just stay where you are, and... um, what about the children? Okay. Okay, so you know, our sweet children, we have to remember them So, <laughs> and those that are with them. So stay, just stay as long as you want. But if you have children that you need to go um, and, and get the next few minutes, you can do that. So just keep praying for the person you're praying for, asking for really specific things that Jesus might be saying to you to pray over them, but very short words, short words.